This is Dr. David Anderson, senior pastor and founder of Bridgeway Community Church in Columbia, Maryland. And I am so glad that you are tuned in now to our new special Saturday edition of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. You're going to hear conversations from recent talks where I've connected with radio listeners just like you to help them build bridges of reconciliation, race, religion, relationships. Are you ready? Let's get started. Gun safety and mental health. Do we need wisdom here, Lord? Do we need wisdom to know uh, what to do with those who are mentally unstable, those who are angry and they don't have an outlet do we need wisdom, Lord, on uh, how to handle guns in our in our country where uh, the Times has reported uh, Americans do not appear to have more, more mental health problems than other developed nations of a comparable size, which experience far fewer mass shootings. So we're not, uh, you know, as, you know, any more mentally uh, unstable or have mental health issues or problems any more than other developed nations of a comparable size. Yet that's not true when it comes to uh, gun violence. Our uh, gun violence is off the chains. We look at other countries and like, why y'all blowing up buses and y'all must be monsters and all that. Can you imagine how the news is playing around the globe uh, of uh, in America uh, every a few months? Uh, somebody's walking in and blowing up. They're not using a bomb strapped to them, uh, but they are taking a gun and and shooting as many children as they can at a high school or at a elementary school, or in a movie theater, or at a small Texas church uh, that uh, basically is is killing half ten uh, percent of the town, or in a Walmart, or you know at a at a concert in in Las Vegas, uh, you know. So uh, why am I saying that? I'm saying that because I don't want us to think that everybody else are monsters, everybody else are animals, everybody else is crazy, everybody else is a terrorist, and, and we have that mentality like everybody else is crazy. No, we're crazy. Okay? These are Americans killing Americans. So for all of my uh, non-American immigrants out there coming from the Middle East and coming from uh, our southern border, uh, I just want to say to you, uh, I'm sorry whenever we make it out like y'all are worse than we are. Human beings have a sin problem, and it doesn't matter where they're born. I can't get an amen because I can't hear y'all, but I bet you there are amens going on all over the nation's capital. Because uh, the reality is we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and the Scripture teaches us that man's anger does not accomplish the righteous life that God wants us to live. All right, so when we are angry, people are angry. How do you handle that angry? Lord, do we need wisdom here? And if I am angry, access to a weapon or several weapons, is that going to help accomplish what needs to happen? I want to hear from you. I'm ready to go to my phone lines. Let me say my number one more time, and then we're going to kick the show off in Mount Airy, Maryland. Here's the number. 888-432-7434. Let's get started. Mount Airy, Maryland, I have Chris on the line. Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, hey Dr. Anderson. I'm good. Thanks for Thank calling. Um, amen, by the way. Amen. <laughs> I got an amen. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you. so true. What are you um, thinking, Chris? You know, well, I just have to say, you know, 
I just recently lost a child of my own, mm. and it wasn't in a school shooting, but mm. I feel that pain, and I my heart is broken yeah. for these people. I just, yeah. you know, the parents and the families, mm. it's, it's devastating to, yeah. to lose a child. Yeah. It is devastating. And, you know, with that said, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, maybe maybe the access to some of these rifles that we have today, you know, the, the ARs and that kind of stuff, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe that can be tightened up a little bit. But mm-hmm. I really don't believe guns are the problem here. Mm-hmm. And I look back, you know, when I grew up and went to high school back in the 70s and 80s, yeah. you know, I grew up in a pretty bad area we would have never have dreamt of doing something like that. Yeah. And I can't help but look at the Bible and see, you know, the prophecies of the end times and how, mm. how these crazy things are going to be going on right. in the world and right. the breakdown of society and the breakdown of, of the values, you know, the, the morals and the values that, that we were taught when I was young, I just right. don't see being taught today mm. to the kids, you know, it's right. more of a, you know, shoot them up, bang, bang, you know, gangster, gangster kind of thing. And I, right. I don't know. You know, I am I just can't help but believe that these are the end times that we're mm. living in, mm. that that we're going to see, you know, tragedy after tragedy. Our prayers just need to continually go up. Right. Well, and uh, like I said, my heart, for one, yeah. definitely goes out in my prayers to well, his family. My, my heart, my heart too. I have a daughter who's still in high school, and and uh, the fact that you recently lost a child, my heart goes out to you, brother. No matter how you lose them, it still hurts, and I'm sure you can empathize with a whole lot of parents right now uh, in Florida. So I, I appreciate your thoughts, and may the Lord give you uh, give you comfort through all this too. Okay, Chris. Yeah, thank you. Uh huh. Blessings to you. Uh, one of the things Chris said is he doesn't believe guns are, are uh, the problem. He, he did say maybe we can do something about those AR uh, guns. Let me tell you something. So, again, I was I was speaking at uh, Fort Meade uh, today, and I was reminding them I was in, in the Army. I was there at the post at Fort, Fort Meade, and I uh, went to Fort Dix, New Jersey, and Fort Monmouth and, uh, for basic training and for my AIT. And you all remember back in those days, in the late 80s, we were using something called, you know what the gun was called then? The rifle was called an M16, replaced by something like this AR, a 15 or 14, whatever it is, which these ref- weapons, I mean, I remember, I still remember what it felt like firing those. Now, thank God I never had to fire it at a real person. But the power of them, the reason I'm saying this is because, you know, having a pistol is one thing. Man, when you have an automatic a weapon that can just do what the the dude in uh, Las Vegas did with these bump stops and all this other stuff that just help you kill even more people. That's gotta have that that even if somebody is crazy, if they don't have access to a crazy weapon, you know, it's just going to buy math. It's going to limit the number of people that will be killed. Uh, so again, I don't know what to do with all this. I want to just kind of sit it on the table and have a conversation around it so you can process it uh, with me here. So having said that, let me go right back to the phone lines. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Hi, how you doing, Dr. Anderson? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for hanging with me. What are you thinking? I got uh, two comments. Um, sorry. Eight of the last 14 mass shooters uh, were on prescribed psychotropic drugs, so I don't know how they slipped through the cracks. 
Hmm. And um, between 1998 and 2015, 96.4% of the mass shootings were done in gun-free zones. So maybe if we didn't have them, we wouldn't have so many deaths in the world, Hmm. uh, in the United States. So you think gun-free zones would be better if they weren't gun-free zones where everybody could have guns? Yeah, it's guns. basically a fish in a barrel for it's basically a fish in a barrel for anybody that wants to act crazy. Mm. So you know how, what I mean, what would that if look? There's nobody there to stop them. Yeah, what would know? that what would that look like in your mind, Mike? If you played that out to it, probably t- look like Georgia, where the crime rate dropped to almost zero when everybody was forced to carry a gun mm. in a certain county. I'm not going to name names. I'm just saying it works. Hmm. Very, very interesting. So your answer is to have more guns, and that would then be a uh, more responsible people with responsible uh, practiced use of guns. So then, if somebody comes in like what happened at a the school in Florida, what would that look yeah, like? Yeah, the coach would normally have had his gun on him. He, he he does the shooting class, but he's not allowed to carry it in the school. How don't you think he would have been able to save a couple lives? You know, if he was allowed to carry his gun in there. You know, he probably would have been able to. It would have been a gun battle. So, what happens if he shoots? Yeah, but what there, happens that would have been sh- less students getting shot and more people with guns shooting each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? True, but so put yourself in the mind. I'm just trying to understand your side here. Put yourself in the mind of that coach, right? So he's trying to save lives. He's going to shoot some guns. Hopefully, he hits the shooter. If he misses and hits somebody else's kid, how does he live with that? If he misses and hits one. That's a tragic loss, but mm-hmm. he would have saved the other 13. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I hear your argument. I want to hear what other people think about it, and I appreciate you uh, yeah, you're bringing too. that to me the too. table. I'd like to hear what people think about that, and especially about um, most of these mass shooters being already in, in some type of mental health issue and then nobody saying anything about it. Hmm. That's a real problem. Well, that, that so the mental health issue is definitely definitely a problem. I, I see that for sure. I'm not convinced on having more guns, though. I can't imagine in my church right now. I've got people who are armed. Well, you remember and, the shooting in Texas? Yeah. They took the guy across the street coming out with his gun to stop the guy. Yeah, but see, we have security and we have people who have uh, who are trained to protect us. But I'd hate to see just. Are they trained the, to catch bullets? What is that? Are they trained to catch bullets? <laughs> no, I don't think any of us are, Mike. Hey, I got to well, run to this break, my friend. Need something to stop that guy, right? Yeah, I'll be right back, my friend. Today we're talking about the wisdom of addressing gun violence, gun safety, and mental health. Do you agree with Mike from Severn, Maryland, that uh, the answer to this is more people with guns, uh, trained people with guns in the school like the teacher, uh, that sort of thing, if that would uh, be the best way to handle it. I tend to like uh, Australia's model. You know, they they uh, basically, after mass shootings, just decided to really lower the amount of guns in the country, and there's been no mass killings in Australia since the implementation of stricter gun laws. I kind of like that better. You know, we talk about uh, pr- the proliferation of nuclear weapons, and we try to get people who, countries that, uh, don't have nuclear weapons like a North Korea to to you know or, or or Iran when they get their nuclear weapons we're trying to stop them from doing it um, you know but I guess if you have your nuclear weapons and other people have their nuclear weapons you know America has them and uh, you know uh, Israel has twenty two of them and, you know so and then why wouldn't Iran want them or why wouldn't South Korea uh, want them you know and then there's this whole push well how about if all of us kind of get rid of the, our nuclear arms. Wouldn't that be better? You know, but again, is that a reality? 
Is everybody going to get rid of their nuclear arms? No. Are those who don't have them want to get them so that they don't get, you know, uh, victimized uh, by those that have them? Uh, You know, the answer is yes. Why wouldn't I? If I'm a country that doesn't have them, why wouldn't I want them to protect myself from the ones that are going to come after me? So uh, I think on a national level between countries, we have this issue. And I think we have it right here in our own country with regard to do I need guns to protect myself because other people have them or the bad people have them? Or, uh, no, I'm going to trust the authorities to protect me, uh, and I'm going to do my best to remain safe. It's it's quite the debate, isn't it? So I want to continue with you. Uh, Fre- uh, Frederick's been holding on, uh, so let me go there now to Tony, who's in Frederick, Maryland. Hi, Tony. Welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Good, Dr. Anderson. How are you? Oh, I'm alive and grateful. Thanks for hanging out with me today, Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for all you do. Appreciate your tough topics, and uh, you're a good, uh, you know, speaker of the word. I I like what you do. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. So, what are you thinking about this topic today? Well, you bring up an interesting thing uh, about whether people should be armed or you should trust in those that are trained and armed, and that begs the question. Yeah. On the recent shooting with. That guy, Nicholas Cruz. Yeah. The FBI had how how many leads on this guy? I mean, he had a family member call in and give them a tip that this guy's going to act. He's going to shoot. Right. He's got a plan. You need to take action, and they did nothing. Right. So your point is uh, trusting those who are supposed to protect you may not always work for you, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the right. Uh, am I right in this case, at least? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't say you're wrong, and uh, and I think the FBI know that they missed it too, and uh, you know this is where we got to trust in the Lord, but at the same time, do you also have to trust in Smith and Wesson? You know, so that's why I wanted to bring the topic because I think it's a tough one, and it's really easy to get emotional over it. And another thing I think is sometimes we're not thinking biblically on this. And so, Tony, thanks a lot for joining me, okay? Yeah, let me, can I add one more point? Yeah, really quickly, because you got a lot of uh, background noise there. All right, hang on, let me take you off the speaker. I'll speak a little clearer. Okay. Hang on. All right, give me that. Can you hear me now? So much better. Give me that quick point. So a quick point, I think there's a real rural and city divide on this issue. I right. live rurally. Yeah. I go to church in West Virginia. Yeah. And, hey, we we are armed over here. Yeah. Um, my wife and I play a little game called Bought the Concealed Carrier all the time. Yeah. People, I'd say two out of five are carrying a, a weapon. We live like that. Yeah. We're confident in our ability to defend the innocent yeah and it's just a tool yeah now i i spent time in montgomery county mm-hmm. those people don't think like that they're terrified of uh a firearm and they have that mentality of someone else do this let's hire a former marine to do this yeah yeah uh, it depends where you come from where the way i was raised i think you make that a good is point. part of our duty as a man is to protect our society i think that you make a good point uh, we have a we have a small home out in rural uh, Maryland, and when I'm out there, I, I can't I couldn't be more Republican. 
And then when I'm coming to the urban and suburban area, I couldn't be more Democrat. Uh, you know, and that's why I'm an independent, because if I'm out there, leave me alone and we can shoot and we can uh, ride four wheelers and we can just do things out there. It's just like government, leave me alone. You know, and if there's any problems in the neighborhood. Amen, brother. You're the, talking my language. Yeah. And if there's any problems in the neighborhood, we'll all come together in the, in the area and we'll solve the problem, you know. And so that's how it feels right. when I'm when yeah. I'm out there in rural Maryland and West Virginia, which which is only, uh, you know, uh, a few miles down the road. Then when I get to a more populated area, I, I realize that the problems are bigger than what a small group of people can do. You got one bandit in the area, you're out there, y'all all, all going to get together and you're going to find them and take care of them. But when you're in a vastly populated area that needs more help than you can do individually, that's when I'm like, okay, yeah, we're going to need some government help here because the problem's bigger than our smaller individual uh, issue here. So I think you actually make a very wise distinction between rural and city. And I wonder how we figure that one out. I'm glad you put it on the table, though. Thanks a lot. Okay, Tony. All right. Hey, have a great day. Blessings to you, my friend. That's actually something to really think about and talk and, and talk through, because I think it's important to understand there are a lot of people who have guns as a normal part of their culture, their existence. Uh, and, you know, they want to make sure that the, 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 the bear, the bear that's crossing them, uh, you know, if if need be, uh, they need to be able to protect themselves. From a biblical standpoint, we've got to make sure that we understand that the commandments are more important than our amendments. Let me say that again. There's somebody who's going to say amen in the car on this one. The commandments are more important than our amendments. Some of us are more committed to keeping our amendments than we are keeping the commandments. God's law is higher than man's law. And there's nowhere where we can just say it's a biblical right for me to have guns. No, that's an American amendment, right? And praise God, you have that, but there's no like scriptural, uh, you know, uh, biblical verses that say, you know, I have to be able to have a gun so I could protect myself. Okay. It's a freedom, but just don't just make sure you don't make it so biblical when you're arguing for, for an amendment as opposed to a commandment. Okay. I love the amendments. I'm so glad I'm in this country, but I always got to remind myself that there's the constitution and then there's the Bible, <laughs> the word of God. And then that's more important. If you're not careful, you can actually have an idolatry toward our flag and an idolatry toward patriotism more than discipleship, uh, where God so loved the world, not our country, the world. And, uh, you know, we, we got to remember that. I thought I'd just throw that word on you. Okay. Okay, let's see what Teresa's thinking in Baltimore. Hi, Teresa. Dr. Anderson here. How you doing? Hi, Dr. Anderson. How are you today? Oh, I'm alive and grateful. Thanks for hanging out with me. What are you thinking? Good idea, bad idea? Um, well, I'm going to tell you, I don't think it's a good idea. Um, yeah. I've been on both sides of your question, your proposition. I was a police officer for five years. Ooh. And then I went into teaching, and I've been a teacher for 20 years. Really? So Perfect. I can tell you that the training on both sides is very, very different. Mm -hmm. mm. But I left law enforcement because I realized that, you know, even though I'm trying to help people, yeah, you know, it was the education it was the safety, it was the tutoring that we were going to do that was going to save the kids, Wow! not the violence. And I really feel like if a teacher is put in a position to have to shoot one of their kids, it's going to change not only that kid, all the kids, 
that feature forever. It's That's not true. It's, I, I didn't even think about Teresa. Teresa, I didn't even yeah. think about the emotional. How if the teacher knows the student? Now you're going to shoot someone That's you right. know. I didn't even think about that. And it's a very tricky thing because when, you know, we're trained as police officers, you know, it's not a paper target. It is a human being that you may know, that you may have helped, that you may love, you know. It's just like wow. somebody coming into your house. There's wow. a whole different component. So, you know, teachers are asked to do an awful lot. Law enforcement is, is asked to do an awful lot. But I think to combine those things would be really detrimental to everybody. Wow. Well, getting it from your perspective as an enforcement officer and a teacher, an educator, that's uh, that's really rich. I appreciate your opinion. Can I ask you one last question before I let you go? Sure. What do you think about the officers that didn't go into the schools? Any thoughts on that? Well, you know, like I said, as, as an officer, you're trained to secure the perimeter first. You have to locate where the shots are being fired from. Mm. You have to get some information. People just don't storm in because there's crossfire. I see. You know, you, you want to try to help people, but you also have to know what you're doing before you go in. Got it. And, you know, you have command centers. You have people that are going to say, all right, this is what we need to do. So even, I mean, we did school training, you know, shooters in a school Mm-hmm. as part of our police training, and that right. was right after Columbine. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, okay. you know, we would go into schools at night with the police department and, you know, fake victims, and, you know, it's a whole mm-hmm. different scenario. So you yeah. can't just run in. You know, you might actually shoot another kid that's not armed, you so, know. So, right, right. I mean, officers are going to do what they're trained to do, and, you know, they're maybe waiting for a command to go, you know what I mean? Mm. So it's, sometimes we don't see the whole story gotcha. on so we, videotape. Maybe we shouldn't be too. Say, maybe we shouldn't you know? be too hard on those officers right yet. No, I don't think so. I mean, you don't know what it's like, you know, until mm. you walk in their shoes, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, listen. Thank you for, for serving. You've been in public service all these years. God bless you. Keep up the good work, okay, Teresa? Thank you. God bless you. Blessings Bye-bye. to you. Well, you know, hearing from someone like her is helpful, isn't it? It, it is. You know. We're asking people uh, who are teachers who feel called to educate and, and bring up young people to now take up arms and potentially kill one of them. But how if they want this? Like maybe they already are a gun owner. They're like, you know what? I feel more comfortable if I could bring my gun uh, to to work or school or church i think that's probably the last person you want bringing a gun to school (laughs) the person that says i can't wait until i'm allowed to be armed to go into school because (laughs) i'm gonna deal with these kids everybody thinks they're jack bauer until the bullets start flying down range (laughs) you don't know what you're going to do unless and until you're in that situation and people who have no combat experience not that i do but people Mm. who have no combat experience who have no experience handling weapons in a, in a live fire situation don't know what they would do. They're going to end up dropping the gun <laughs> and, and running and going to the bathroom all at the same time, You're screaming. You're probably right. I mean, you know, because now there's that expectation. You can't be like all the other civilians. We just turn you now into a soldier. So don't duck and run and, and try to get safe. No, you now have to shift from algebra right. to being Jack Bauer. Exactly. Exactly. You're going from the Pythagorean theorem to now you're Liam Neeson. But there are schools across the country, usually in rural places, that do have armed teachers. Um, Schools in Texas, shocker, uh, in Utah (laughs) and uh, in Arkansas have 
uh, certain faculty and staff members that are trained okay. to to carry a weapon okay, and that to going? use it. So, so far, so good. Okay, we haven't so. heard of any shootings in those well, particular well, schools. Maybe, maybe they got a case. Tony. They found it to be cost effective in one school system. It would have cost fifty thousand dollars a year to have a school resource officer. Uh, it ended up costing them about sixty eight thousand dollars to train thirteen staff members. Oh wow! So it was cost effective in that sense. Okay, there hasn't been a school shooting there. All right, so you got to give some credence to that. You know, maybe there's something to it. I don't know. This is Rich Becker, producer of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. The radio ministry of Real Talk with Dr. Anderson is made possible by the generosity of listeners like you. If this nonprofit ministry is a blessing to you, will you prayerfully consider partnering with us? With an ongoing monthly gift of $30 or more, you'll become a Real Talk partner. As a way of saying thank you, we would love to send you a signed copy of Dr. Anderson's book, Gracism. Thank you for making this important ministry possible. We can't do it without you. Visit andersonspeaks.com and simply click the donate button to support Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. That's andersonspeaks.com. You've been listening to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, Weekend Edition, a ministry of Bridgeway Community Church. We would love to have you join us at Bridgeway in our Performing Arts Theater in Columbia, Maryland, for one of our three identical Sunday services at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., and noon. Or join us online at www.bridgeway.cc. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson airs live weekdays on this station and is ready to take your calls. Tune in at 3 p.m. weekdays on WAVA 105.1 FM. We hope to see you tomorrow at church.